Hello and welcome to the Go Play That Podcast. My name is Rob Cook and I'm here with Tom Wolford. Hello. And Major Hindsight himself, Stu Oswald. All of that was hideous. Hello. Uh, is it terrible? No, it, it sounds like you're falling past the microphone, which, you know, maybe if you've got two portals open and you're just trying to do the podcast while plummeting past the microphone. Yeah, and, you know, I was just bantering. There's Cheeky that. Bant. There is that. Yeah, yeah you, you kind of ruined my bants. We're, gonna, we're just going to roll with it, I think. The anti-bants police. Anter. <laughs> Ban- banters. Banty. That's the same word. Ooh, banty. Indian takeaway tonight, I think. <laughs> bit of boona. Yeah, bit of banty. Oi. <laughs> bit of biryana. Is that you say? I don't know. Cheeky boona. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and we're right back to England. Uh where I don't want to live anymore. Let's go. This is what happens. <laughs> this mixture specifically causes chaos. Um, we've all been playing some games, uh, several games each actually, so we're going to pass it around the room today. I'm going to start with Tom, throw it over to him who's been playing with his cats. I have been playing with my cats, but I'm not going to talk about my cats yet. Oh, okay. Uh, I figured I should get the uh, longest game out of the way mm-hmm. because I actually have to have Steam open to remember the name of the game. Oh, longest in terms of title. Exactly. Uh, that, that's, that's what happens with the kind of games you play, Tom. Don't start. You know you're gonna. You know you're gonna alienate a, a majority of our listeners. I meant the inventive, imaginative, and artistic games. There you, you go. Know, with the in- interesting titles that are hard to pronounce. This one's not that hard. Okay, so the title is uh, Doctor Langerskoff, the Tiger, and the Terribly Cursed Emerald: A Whirlwind Heist, which is actually probably longer than the game. Uh, if that's not a point and click, then I'll eat my banana. No, it's not. I played through this game three times in 95 minutes. Hmm. So it's short, uh, but it's going to be well-known, or should be well-known, to anybody who played the Stanley Parable. Okay. I don't know if, if you guys did Yeah, that. yeah, I did. Okay, Rob, what did you think about the Stanley Parable? Did you finish it? Um, I don't There's think There's really no so. excuse not to. Yeah, I know, but I, don't, I just don't think I put too much time into it. That was in my bad at Steam days. Oh, Rob doesn't really finish games. He collects games. Um, yeah, but it is literally done. 17 minutes long. Yeah, so I th- yeah, so I finished it, but I don't feel like I put enough time into it to say that I have have played it enough. But yeah, I enjoy. I liked uh, that each time you go through, you pick up different things, and and, you, and it plays out in a different way. Different different Tom, ways to finish it, right? Yeah. Does, does Rob does Rob seem like a guy who has 17 minutes to spare? A he doesn't. He's in a rush all the time. It's a New yeah. York minute for Rob. Got, yeah. Every single minute yeah, of his yeah. life. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, basically William Pugh, who was one half of the creative team behind Stanley Parable. The other was David Raiden that did, uh, or Reiden that did um, Beginner's Guide, which I've been trying to play this week and haven't had time. Mm. Uh, he started a new studio with a couple of very talented individuals uh, called Crows, Crows, Crows. Oh, yes. Okay. I've seen, I've seen uh, Twitter. Movement. Yeah, we're on the mailing list and, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, they threw out this little sort of supposedly 20-minute long heist game. Um, but as you kind of expect from these guys, like nothing is as it seems. 
Um, so I played it. It did last about 17 to 18 minutes the first time I played through. But then you play through it again and things change. You play through it again and maybe some more things change. You see different things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I don't want to go too much into the mechanics of the game because I, I, I want people to be surprised by it mm-hmm. as I was because I kind of went in not knowing anything about it. Um, you should it, leave that to Mike. Hey, Mike and the mechanics. That's a reference I don't understand. I'm gonna I'm gonna play one regardless. Um, anyway, so it's a fantastic, fun little game where you wander around. Uh, it's first person. It's it takes a lot from um, Stanley Parable in the way that you've got kind of a changing uh, set. You have an unreliable narrator, which could be you know they could be in danger of that becoming their thing yeah but the cool thing is this is literally like if you don't play it more than once it's literally a 20 minute game is that how it's you should play free. It? yeah no no no. you should definitely go back in and see what you miss because certain little things change but i mean if you were only to play it once it's a free throw away almost 20 minute game but the amount of thought and the amount of love and the amount of weird care that's gone into this game is is crazy I mean, the narrator in this case is Simon Amstel. Okay. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. They've got, like, a fairly famous British comedian I to just come in have... and do 20 minutes of voice work. <laughs> I have loved him since Pop World, was yeah. it? Pop when, World when he's and then... interview all the teeny boppers, but would just take the absolute piss out of them. Exactly. So you can imagine him as a kind of uh, really overstressed, unreliable... Uh, like narrator in the in the vein of Stanley Parable, but uh, sort of much more sort of highly strung. Mm-hmm. Like in Stanley Parable, you had to really try to piss off the narrator. <laughs> yeah, it's playing Where it straight it? until the seams came came away, right? Exactly. Is there, is there any story you know as to why it's Simon Amstel? I mean, he's pretty obscure, I guess. I don't know like, if it's no, that obscure. No offense, I, I'm a big fan. I I felt that it was quite a catch. You know, no, I think it's a catch, but I mean, I don't know how known he is around the world. Well, I don't know. Even if he's not globally famous, I mean, it's it's he does a really good job. I think it's this. Again. You know, it's not quite the same as Mike Bithell landing Andy Circus for voice roles in volume. <laughs> nah, right? I mean, I, I guess it's a good narration and just a bonus for people who do know him. Exactly. I mean, if I you've mean, ever he, seen like a really, it to me, yeah. If you've ever seen a really hectic episode of Nevermind the Buzzcocks, for example. That's what it's like. It's just like okay. he's at the same time he's taking the piss out of you, but at the same time he's getting really stressed. Does he make Preston walk off the stage? He doesn't make Preston walk off the stage. That's a really obscure joke for the two well, people who listen it. to us in England. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm adding to my obscure joke tally that you're probably going to edit all out of this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to put them all at the end together. <laughs> the blooper reel. Um <laughs> But yeah, so basically, it's, uh, I mean, it's a clever game. I, I am constantly surprised by just how fucking clever this guy is, like uh, William Pugh. Like, mm. uh, he does stuff with a 20-minute game that you don't see in a game that has 40 hours of gameplay. Quick, quick random question. Do yeah. you think he could spread that genius across a longer game? We can only wait and see. I mean, Stanley Parable, I mean, I played over and over and over again. But, I mean, that was like on a loop, but I mean a continuous start to finish, kind of more traditional 
long game. It depends. It would. I. I. It might break him, but I think he would do it. I mean, like I say, the amount of atmosphere, the amount of uh, effort that is in this, which is like a hello, welcome to our studio. This is what we're going to do. Kind of uh, game is is crazy. Like seriously, pick it up, play it through. Even if you only play it through once or twice, but you're going to see that he puts. There's so much thought into it. Like, okay, here's an example. You are walking around the levels, whatever, and nothing's really being explained. You're being talked through by the narrator, obviously, but um, you can pick up pieces of paper in the game which uh, basically explain maybe even ideas that are not in the game but were going to be in the game, or it's... It's really hard to describe without spoiling the game, but it's sure. super, super meta. It's meta on every level. Like it, it's it takes the piss out of games. It takes the piss out of his own games. But at the same time, it's better than a lot of games that that are being released every day. You know. Should I? Um, you did mention Stanley Parable, but is there anything else I should play, or anyone else should play before trying this, or can they just jump in? Cold with no, us. this is this is you can just jump in, and I would recommend that, uh, like many good things, you don't know anything about it. That's why I'm trying sure. to, I, I, with every fiber of my being, <laughs> I want to kind of talk about what happens in the game. Yeah, but I think doing that would take off a big sort of hit about what makes the game so clever. Totally, and if it's if the barrier to entry is as low as you you said, it's free, right? It's literally free. Yeah. You can just download it on Steam, and it's it's done. Okay. It's there. Yeah. Uh, they re- they did release another game recently, which I have forgotten the name of. Uh, there's a frog in it. Um, <laughs> what is the name of the game? I forget. Anyway, so they did you release could, an- You could probably guess and be quite close, I imagine. Just some words together. I think it's the man, the woman, and the frog. Something like that. You know, history will prove me wrong. But uh, basically, this is... I mean, this is how much thought goes into it. Like in, in Dr. Langerskov, which was released, I think, six months ago, maybe? Yeah. Uh, there is a piece of paper that you can pick up off the floor. It's just discarded on the floor. You maybe don't see it, but it's there. And when you pick it up, it's the artwork for the next game that they released. It's like that's how that's how sort of involved he is in his own ideas mm. and how everything is linked together. It's it's pretty crazy. That's cool. Yeah, um, it's, it's cool to be able to follow one creator like this. Um, sort of see see a thread through all of their all of their work that gets released i imagine i imagine someone i don't know anything about the guy but he's probably got plenty of experiments and weird curiosities that he's created uh oh sure and and unfortunately for him he's been laid up in hospital for like the last three months oh wow okay with a shattered leg from a a car accident oh shit so i guess the um, the morphine is really not you know, hindering his ideas. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine we're only going to see weirder and and stranger stuff. But um, honestly, I mean, it's it's free. It's 20 minutes. There is literally no excuse that you can have for not downloading this very long titled game, Mm -hmm. Dr. Langerskoff, the Tiger, and the Terribly Cursed Emerald. Tom, I have another question. Yes. Where do you rate it next to Styx Master of Shadows? As I know that is your bar of quality for video games. Styx Master of Shadows, that's like, if that's the benchmark. Um, are we doing Metacritic scores? It's like 17 million. Okay. Whereas Styx is zero. Styx is 17, okay. <laughs> Styx is literally zero. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nilpois. Nilpois, you know, love. Um, 
but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's cool, it's funny. You've got Simon Amstel, which if you're British and you know him, if you're not British and you don't know him, check out the TV show, Never Mind the Buzzcocks, where he does a silly music quiz and just insults semi-celebrities for a living. Um, it's great, yeah. Cool. Can't recommend yeah, it more. No, I'd love to give that a go. I think Free and Simon Amstel sells it. Like I say, like I say, I've I've played it through three or four times, and I'm on ninety five minutes. So, mm-hmm. and it is literally I don't know what the file size is, but you you download it straight from Steam, and it's you could download it in a minute. <laughs> it's kind of strange. It's on Steam. You'd expect stuff stuff like this to to live on itch.io. I mean, I'm not really not not trying to draw a line with what can go on that service. But no, but William Pugh. I mean, like you are Tom. Uh, Tom, right? Huh? Sounds like you are. <laughs> no, they they have the pedigree. I mean, mm, I think once yeah. you've already got a game on Steam, you've got the pro, you've got the account and the profile. So you've got the account, you've got the profile. People have yeah. bought your stuff. I mean, Stanley Parable was one of the biggest selling games on Steam. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it now. It looks really nice. Yeah, it looks great. That's what I'm saying. It's not what you would expect from a free sort of studio giveaway. Like, oh, we tooled around with this in our spare time. Mm. This is a complete story. It, it reminds me a little bit of Jazz, was Jazz Punk. What sure. Jazz Punk. Yeah, yeah. First, yeah, yeah. first person. Yeah. Like at least the, the graphics and style a little bit. Okay. But it, it's not actually as in your face. No, no. It's kind of like more subtle, more real, but also with shades of Jazz Punk. Exactly. Imagine Jazz Punk crossed with Stanley Parable. Like there's a lot in there if you care to take the time to look around. Mm-hmm. But again, if you don't, you could probably breeze through it in about 18 minutes. No, I, I have to say I'm impressed by what I've heard and now what I'm looking at. Well, give it a go. Honestly, it's a Sunday afternoon well spent before Antiques Roadshow comes on. It's fine. <laughs> you don't want to miss that. Yeah, you need- But yeah, basically, that's all I'm going to say about it because I, I sure. really do hope that people go in without really knowing anything about it. Cool. Yeah, that makes you know? sense. All I would say is that people sign up to their mailing list, which is at crows, 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 because what they actually send out is funnier than most press releases that you will ever see. I, I find the name of their studio a bit scary. Because you don't like crows, though, so it's fine. It, it, just, it just sounds like crows attacking you relentlessly. Well, yeah, that's why they put the exclamation marks, you know. <laughs> Punctuation changes lives. If it was crows, crows, <laughs> crows, it wouldn't work. Or ellipses, crows. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> crows, comma, crows, semicolon, crows. crows. <laughs> But yeah, there's lots you can you can have fun with their name. You can have fun with their games. It's you know it's a win win. It's, the, it's the, the studio that keep on giving. Exactly. You know, mostly for free. They've released two games for free. There's got to be an evil plan behind it. Well, once Mister Pew gets out of his hospital bed, I'm sure he'll. Uh... <laughs> He's going <laughs> to activate the kill switch. That exactly. Just... Exactly. EMPs the whole world. Something like that. He looks a bit Probably. gothic. But anyway, yeah, let's uh, let's finish with that because I, I don't want to say any more. I do, but I don't. Sure. So let's move on before I ruin everybody's What suspense. else? What else you got? Uh, are we going to Stu or are we staying let's, with let's me? Let's stick with you. You're on a roll. Yeah, you're, you're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I Like my little profile picture on Overwatch is blue now. Yeah. Um, okay, so the other game I've been playing uh, is Catlateral Damage. Yeah, how do you mention it in the Hitman stream that you've been cutting? What do you do in cat lateral damage? Uh, you are a son of a bitch of a cat. <laughs> okay. Like an actual 
son of a whore. Wow. You know, um, basically, I played the demo way back when, I, I guess a year ago in video game times. That's long times. Mm. But uh, basically, the, the demo was just, uh, you're a cat. It's first person. Mm-hmm. And with, I'm playing on PS4, but I think it's available on Steam as well. You um, and Xbox One, I guess. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> fact, <laughs> fact checking is for I'm wimps. Not doing my you know research. Yeah, no, fact checking is for wimps. Uh, left trigger, right trigger does left and right pause. Or you do a swipe. Okay. And you start off in a room, and it says you have to trash 120 items. <laughs> okay. Okay. And you hop about. You can get upgrades for your cat from the various cat toys that are around. You know, you got your little spinny ball. You got your scratch post. You got household plants. Trash those. You get upgrades. You can jump higher, swat harder, go faster. Uh, <laughs> you literally—that is all you do. You just run around procedurally generated rooms, twatting stuff. <laughs> I mean, Stu, you've got three cats. You know what it's like. Yeah, I mean, most of the time they're sleeping, but when they're not... They but when they're not sleeping, havoc. they're just causing havoc, right? Yeah, yeah. So every every level starts with like a 360 bullet time cam around your cat, and it's like something like, oh, my owner forgot to clean my litter tray. Shit's about to go down. <laughs> That's is all there the any issue. kind of cat customization, or is it predetermined? You can, uh, you can unlock cats. You get a veritable Mortal Kombat roster. Okay. Of cats by the end of it, um, and you you basically run around and you smash stuff off shelves. You you smash plates. You throw the toilet roll to get extra upgrades. You and that's it. That's it. Okay, I've I've very recently become interested in games su- narrated by Simon Amstel. Is this game narrated by Simon Amstel? It's not. There is literally no narration whatsoever. Uh, you can press square to meow. Okay, does Simon Amstel record the meow? And I've just realised I've called his name differently that time. (laughs) Does Simon Amstel... Simon Amstel. French evil brother. (laughs) With the goatee, right? No, um, basically, I mean, I'm not really selling it, but basically uh, I started playing on Saturday night about 12 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock in the morning. I went to bed, woke up the next day, and I literally played it all day Saturday. Okay, here, here's a question to determine its quality. Did you forget to feed your own cats whilst playing? Um, no, but what I did do was annoy them all day by making meow sounds on the television. Okay, okay that, that does sound like a good weekend. I would do that. It was pretty good. Basically, I platinumed the game in nine hours on PS4. Yeah. So you put it down now to never play again. I've then. deleted it. Uh, but those nine <laughs> hours, those nine hours were like I was on catnip for the entire time. <laughs> Which, incidentally, is a power-up in the game. You can get catnip, and you just go super strong, super hardcore. You just run around smashing stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, that's not really realistic. My, my cats just kind of get high and just roll around and then sleep. <laughs> my cats ignore catnip. But we're not it's talking in, about no, realism. It's in, their, it's in their DNA, apparently, whether they'll like it or not. Okay. So I have one cat who goes crazy for it, but the other two kind of like, they could take it or leave it. It's just not a thing for them, you know? Yeah. So I did hear it's in their DNA. You know, I don't know if that's true. It's not really games related, but okay. <laughs> it's like can you can you curl your tongue or something kind of thing. Yeah. So, well, the thing is, Rob, I think if you played this game as a, as a non-cat lover, mm. as a person with no furred animals except your girlfriend in the house, um, this would give you Jesus. <laughs> 
this would give you a really good like insight into what it's like to okay. live with actual beasts. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's not really going to change his mind. <laughs> no, it's not, because you literally just trash everything. You're like, I'm in your underpants drawer, I'm, mm. I'm in your fridge, chucking apples I, on I, the floor. I do kind of like the idea of Rob having a cat and it just destroying all his nice stuff and him going crazy. Christ, I'd be so stressed all the time. I, I, I would love it if we actually convinced him that having an animal in his house was a good idea, and then it just ruined his <laughs> shit. <laughs> one, one time we should just kind of Sneaking all our cats. Into oh my god! These cats are a nightmare. Yeah, my cats have probably cost me about five thousand euros of replacing electronics. What's the biggest we, thing that it, they destroyed? Uh, connect destroyed. Uh, my sound bar for my TV Oof, destroyed. Yeah, that's a big one. About a hundred mice. Mm-hmm. For my PC. headsets. Headsets. I was too ashamed to admit it, but I'm actually using a new headset today <laughs> because I was using my one on Thursday to do some, some work from home and literally in two seconds destroyed. I was charging my gamepad for my Wii, turned around for a second, destroyed. Well, the new one, the, oh, we'll get to that, I guess, but the new one. Yes. Fuck. Yes. They need, they need some goddamn discipline. My cats don't yeah. chew cables. He's, he's got Pika. He eats yeah, my, my cat's got Pika as well, but he eats like bits of plastic off takeaway. And, you know, he does actually, what he does like to eat is the whammy bar on my Guitar Hero <laughs> controller. <laughs> I, I will be sleeping. My bed frame is metal and I'll be woken up with him eating the metal bed frame. It sounds ridiculously painful. Okay, so he doesn't have Pika. He's got actual real problems because, like, my cat's got Pika. He likes a bit, you know, if you give him your credit card, he'll eat it. But, you know. Well, P- Pika means to eat inedible objects, so that could extend to anything. Anyway, I, like, I really think we're, <laughs> we're diverging. Anyway, yeah, so the fact is, um, Cat Lateral Damage, it's a silly, silly game. Um, you literally hop about as a cat, meowing about, mm-hmm. wrecking somebody's life. Uh, and it's strangely, strangely addictive. That's the thing. Like, I started, I literally, I downloaded it on PSN because I'm like, okay, I've got to look after my own cats girlfriend's gone to bed i've got to stay up make sure they're fed make sure they don't vomit on the floor that kind of thing all the all the things you look forward to as as the owner of a cat sure yeah um still better than babies um so i got cat lateral damage because i remember the demo and i played it for about an hour i'm like yeah i could probably stop Mm -hmm. anytime i wanted (laughs) woke up the next morning at 8 a.m turned it on and i just i just played all day it sounds like a game that they should think about patching in VR in the future. Well, that's because it's first cat yeah. version, uh, like, you know, first, first person, cat, first cat, cat Shooter. Yeah, it's the first cat smacker, Thing. swiper. I don't know. It's good. Anyway, so basically, yeah, if they had if they had VR, you know, and like I say, they, they start every level with this minimal sort of exposition, like my wet food tastes horrible. I'm going to trash your house. <laughs> And then you've got like 300 seconds to destroy 280 items in the house. So you're hopping on shelves, kicking books over, pushing TVs down. Uh, you unlock other cats by uh, doing the challenges, the achievements or trophies, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's silly cat fun time. Anybody that owns a cat, play it. You'll get like a full insight. I mean, to me, it always kind of looks a bit and now sounds a bit like it's inspired by Katamari, maybe. They should have called it Katamari, but with a C. No, because it's not even that. Uh, Chris Chung, the guy that's done it, I think he lives inside the mind of a cat. Uh, He's a furry. 
No, it's literally like, because uh, you get these bonus events that pop up, and it'll be like, bonus event, uh, there's a mouse somewhere in the house, and you've got to run around and find it. Then you've got to, like, kill the laser dots. Um, like, they, they pop up in different locations, and you get power-ups. Uh, how to describe it and not make it sound terrible? No, You're it sounds therapeutic, dude. Yeah, it really is. That's the thing. I smash. I think uh, one of the trophies that you have to get is to play 50 rooms of smashing. Mm -hmm. So that's 50, literally, maybe 150 minutes of just actually trashing stuff. Is there another, other than getting achievements, is there a level to it, like leaderboards, competition with friends? Nope. No? Okay, so it's like... It's literally just trashing stuff. It's it's As you said, I think it's therapeutic. I think it's just... It's two buttons. It's left swipe, right swipe. Mm-hmm. And you power your cat up. So by the... I think if you run the objective mode, you get four levels unless you unlock bonus levels. Okay. So you could have like maybe six, seven levels in, on the bounce. And as you get more power-ups, you get more powerful. So by the end, like you're just swiping whole shelves of stuff off. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like one level that's in a museum. So you're like... I, I took out a T-Rex skeleton with my cat. Which I'm sure is every cat's dream to just, you know, if you put them in the Natural History Museum and go, hey, <laughs> go nuts, you can see how they're going to do it. But yeah, it's fun. Cool. It's silly. I think it's fairly cheap. Okay. I don't Again, remember right now. Checking. Again, fact checking. I'm going to open Google right now and I'll shout it in the middle of Stu's uh, game. Cool. All right. Well, but yeah, so if you like cats, play cat lateral damage. If you like Simon Amstel, or good games. <laughs> oh, God. Play Dr. Langerskopf. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's see what Stu's been up to. He's been out for a good long time, and uh, here he got a new console. I did get a new console. Um, I, I bought this new console called a Wii U. And it doesn't work anymore. No, no, it, it works. So, well, kind of, you know, <laughs> N- Nintendo are awesome and terrible. Okay. Oh, right. So yeah, I, of course. I, I bought a Wii U at launch. And I think everyone can agree that the launch and even the first year of the Wii U is pretty terrible. Yeah, it was like Zombie U and not much else. It was like there was no games and I personally always found it such a hassle to just kind of set up and play the Wii U. It just always felt like, I don't know why, I mean, I know the gamepad is is no different really to a DualShock, but it just seemed more, I think, because it was two machines basically. No. Yeah, the batteries always seem to go like the game. Batteries pad- are terrible. Yeah, like two hours maybe. Yeah, but yeah. It always felt like such a hassle to to play that console, and then there was nothing on it. Sure. So I I sold it. Um, it went to a good home. It's been thoroughly enjoyed at its new home and loved and taken care of. So I'm kind of you know happy it had a good life that I couldn't <laughs> provide for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then even for the last few months, I've been just you know seeing all these awesome games on the Wii U that I've missed out on. Or we'll miss out on. I know the NX is coming next year, but I finally bit the bullet and and bought a, a Wii U again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's been a a troublesome ride so far. I mean, first I obviously you know Wii U's are still pretty expensive, especially in Spain. Um, about the same price as a PS4 still. Right. So obviously, looking on Amazon.co.uk, it's it's much cheaper. But obviously, I didn't want to have the hassle of English plugs, English cables, and whatever. So I finally bit the bullet and ordered it from Amazon.es. Um, the day of arrival, I suddenly noticed that I've what I've actually ordered from Spanish Amazon is a 
imported British Wii U. So I, I, I spent the extra money and still ended up with the English cables. Um, so that was frustration number one. <laughs> frustration number two is it turns out that my Nintendo ID is still linked to the console that I sold three years ago. And this means being Nintendo, I can't use that ID on another console. Oh, no, been- you can. And this is speaking as somebody who does this professionally. But you have to get in touch with them with the previous console code. Well, Mr. Story Interrupter, <laughs> what I was about to lead on to was, yes, I've been in contact with them. I've sent them all the details. Come Friday, they said it's unlinked. It will take a couple of hours to update. I check Saturday, it's still not, li- still not unlinked. Email them again. And then they're like, oh, it's been linked to another Wii U console. And I go back and like, that's not even possible. <laughs> Maybe, but it, it could have been linked to a 3DS, which died. Yeah which I then subsequently disposed of, but it means my ID could potentially be linked to a 3DS, which is like in the dump. <laughs> so I've emailed them again, and it's like, I can log into my account on mynintendo.com. Yeah. So I know my account. It's my account. Just why can't they take it and give it to me? It's so frustrating. You know, I can take my PS- PSM profile and put it anywhere. Why is an account linked to a piece of hardware? Yeah, it's crazy. Even even back when the console launched, was it 2013? Yeah. Even 2013, the standard was the standard was still way higher than what Nintendo were putting out for the for the Nintendo network there. Like they yeah. they've they've improved. Like they did the the mobile stuff with uh, Mitomo. They ended up having a system that's way better. Like you can even apply Humble Bundle keys to it and it will automatically start downloading and, and stuff like that but the stuff that they've got built in from from the ground up with the wii u is just crazy just yeah i do have so, to say though at the risk of interrupting again that uh even on psn it's not that easy like because i moved from spain to the uk but my psn oh, yeah, id is no but i mean that that's kind of more understandable but i literally couldn't go to rob's right and log on with my account on nintendo like i could go to okay. Rob's and log, log on with my psn account yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, the same with one, the Xbox yeah. account as well. Yeah, there's just no free movement on the, on these systems. I, I think they are moving towards that, but it's you know it's too late for me. <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> Trump, are we seeing are we seeing the union here? Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean you know I've I've you know I've, I've kind of you know, tried to to put that in the back of my mind, and I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles, um, which is really cool. I'm trying to play it like I'm trying to pretend it's the only game I have to kind of really play it. Um, it's it's cool. The music is possibly the worst thing I've ever experienced. So the Rocket League, it's terrible. So when you're in the city, New LA, there's basically a, a day theme and a night theme. They're both about 15 seconds long, and then it just loops, and it's like this really annoying, bad, like jazzy hip hop. And then sometimes you're in a cutscene. Jizz hop. You can't, you, you, can't, you can't hear the cutscene because some guy is rapping louder than the cutscene <laughs> in the background. And then the, the battle music is terrible. Like the game is great, but the music, you know, JRPGs are usually known for their awesome music. I don't know what they did with this one. And also, you have the ability to put a very young person in a bikini, which I think is a, a bit weird. But again, JRPG. I haven't played it. I played uh, the non-X game on on the Wii, and I think I 
we had this conversation on a podcast in the in the past. I got stuck on a boss because I wasn't reading the tutorials. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a lot to take in in those games. It doesn't explain it too well. Yeah. And also um, another really backwards bit of design is, so in Xenoblade, eventually you get the big robot, which means you can fly around because the world is huge. Yeah. But, oh, but you ended right up now, getting the robot? I haven't got the robot yet oh, okay. because how I play these games is, you know, I do all the side quests and I get all crazy with that stuff. So I've barely progressed the story, but if you there's things called affinity missions, which is like you know Mass Effect where you do the companion missions. Yeah. But if you take on an affinity mission, you can't cancel it, and you also can't do a story mission, so you're locked. And I basically I you know there's I think four different continents, and again the world is huge because you're meant to be flying around it. Yeah. So I pick up a, an affinity mission which is below my level, so I'm like, cool, I'll take this on. And then the mission description tells me to go to this continent I've never fucking been to. <laughs> So I walk across the whole continent that I'm on, swim across the ocean, literally about 40 minutes to get there, and now I'm stuck on a boss there because he's really hard, and I can't, <laughs> I, I can't progress until I finish this mission now. All right, that's that's that game off my list. No, yep. it is it is good. It's just got yeah. some really questionable, like design decisions. Is, are you in this position because of your tendency to play games a certain do way? You, I, I don't. Yeah, you. I don't think you'd get in this if you do. You know, if I do, I think, one more story mission, I'd have the robot and I'd be flying around it. It'd be quick. But because I do side quests, but it, it shouldn't necessarily let you do these side quests. No, really. it shouldn't be your, it sh- yeah, it shouldn't be your fault. No, I, I fully understand Stu's way of playing games. Like, uh, I was something like level 110 in Morrowind mm. before I started the story. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, like- I, I had a massive problem in Morrowind that I... I you know, the 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 big guys were, like, asking me for some magical treasure. They were like, go to this cave, get this magical treasure, bring it back to us. And I'm like, bitch, I think I sold that, like, <laughs> nine hours ago. And, and that was the biggest problem I had in Morrowind, was actually trawling around all the vendors to find where I'd sold, like, oh, Jesus. irreplaceable story-based items, magical yeah. items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm Quest just, items like, that hadn't activated yet. That's crazy. They, no, no, exactly, because I was, I do what Stu does, and I just grab a game, and I'm like, oh, you say they're side quests. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's be level 150 before I even look at the first story mission. Yeah, I mean, that's like the same here. I'm level 22, and like when I do do story missions, they're like level 14. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to stick with it, of course. Um, I, I need to do some grinding to beat this this enemy, which is actually level 16, but it's like a mission where you have to test out a weapon and the weapon's really shit. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I got into for Xenoblade Chronicles is you have to you have to follow the system and if you, if you don't get it, then, well, yeah, in, in that case, that's that's more my fault than than what's happening for you now. No, I mean, there is a lot of stuff to take in in this game, especially. Yeah. They explain about 30% of it, and the rest they kind of don't really explain. Do they expect you to just know because JRPG experience? Possibly, but I think Xenoblade, even the first one, has some quite different mechanics. Yeah, some well. weird time mechanics in combat. Yeah. I, I do think maybe it's just because maybe I haven't progressed the story enough, because do, you do get like tutorial screens at a certain point after you, like, you finish this story mission. Here's some tip about this mechanic. Mm. Okay. So I think again, I've steamrolled so far into the side quests and stuff that I probably haven't been given some of these tutorials yet. Okay. And this is, I mean, you know, we can't approach this as you being like a complete newbie to these kind of things because uh, 
What is the what is the game that I hated and you loved with the time based mechanics JRPG? Presence of Fate. That's the puppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Platinum, like you loved that game. I hated that game. Platinum. Platinum the game. Yeah, you know, and I couldn't get past the first sort of three hours of that game. So my, we're my, not we're not talking like you've never played one of these style no. games before. My, my first completion of that game was like two fifty hours, I think. My second completion was eight hours, just steamrolling through <laughs> to finish up. I remember that. So I fucking love that great game. I think it's Nolan North's best game, to be honest. He's hilarious in it. Oh, no, it's got to be Mafia 2. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, Stu, as a platform, because it's kind of weird, like, you're talking about a game, but really we're talking about the platform behind it. How is the Wii U for you? Because, uh, like, I've got some knocking about work, and, you know, there's always this temptation, even it's... though I don't have enough HDMI ports in my house for another console... Like, it's Nintendo, right? They do a lot of things wrong, but there's just there's just a magic with Nintendo you just don't get on the other consoles. You know, it's not the it's not the best console. It doesn't have the best graphics, the best anything really. But yeah. you put a Mario in, and it's just magic. Uh, did you pick anything else up alongside the console? Uh, it came with Wind Waker, which I've never played, so cool. I am looking forward to getting to that. Yeah, as well. I want to play that as well. I, I do. Wind Waker's good. I do have that game as well, uh, but that's my my. Nintendo history is pretty brief. Like I had a Game Boy and then I had the Wii was my first home console. So I didn't have any GameCube or 64 experience. So yeah, Wind Waker, Wind Waker's one I really want to play, but. To be fair, you should go back and you should, everything from Ocarina of Time in the Zelda frame. Like I know a lot of people go on about the retro stuff. I I personally missed it. Yeah, I did. Um, I played, um, Crap! What was that? Uh, Link, Link, Link between, between worlds. worlds. Link between worlds was was awesome. I love that. You game. see, I it doesn't connect with me. Hmm. I've got it on my 3ds XL, and it just doesn't connect with me. I'm trying, but it seems like it's deliberately obscure. I tried. I tried playing through Ocarina of Time 3ds, and and didn't stick with it. No, I mean it's it's the same. I, I just don't think as as kind of admirable as some of these ports to 3ds are. It's the same with Xenoblade. I've got Xenoblade. Chronicle, no, yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles on the 3DS, and it, it doesn't work. It's too big a game for that system. Like too much stuff on screen. Too. Whereas yeah. I had a friend telling me today that like the the Ocarina of Time 3D redeemed his 3DS. Like he he'd never like he never really played his 3DS until he got Ocarina of Time, and then he started using it. Whereas I basically use it for Monkey Ball. Yeah, I, I have a, a strained relationship with my 3DS. I love it, but I've never finished a game on it. But that's that's kind of what I think about getting a, a Wii, like I could pro- a Wii U. Sorry, I could probably pick one up for relatively cheap because of the job I work in. But at the same time, it's like, is there anything that makes me need that game except Splatoon? Yeah, I, I don't. It doesn't to me. It doesn't sound like so like that's the case for you but for me it was just too many games that you're never going to get anywhere else that i just couldn't resist anymore see okay so if you if you would say like the three reasons to get a wii u what three games would you would you say uh yeah tokyo mirage sessions xenoblade and you know any of the marios really mario maker um yeah mario maker splatoon and if you like RPGs or could like RPGs and Tokyo Mirage Sessions otherwise but isn't isn't TMS on other platforms no. or is it no, okay it's a, it's a 
definitely completely on Wii U only. Okay. There's Bayonetta 2 as well, oh, which yeah. never, never appealed to me that no, much. Really. Uh, but it's meant to be good. But I'm, not, I'm surprised it didn't appeal to you, Rob, because you're a massive Devil May Cry fan. So uh, I think it was more of the characters and, and the sort of tone of it. I just enjoyed the Emone, uh, Emonus. <laughs> oh, I don't okay. know. I don't know what it was. I, I really enjoyed it's the MC. Emosity. Emosity. Because <laughs> Rob can't come into work dressed as Bayonetta like he does Dante. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. I think that's it. Well, I could. I could. I just feel a bit of a breeze. You would you would set some hearts to flutter, that's for sure. <laughs> anyway, we should probably jump onto you before this goes spiraling yeah. out of control. Well, I, and, to check, uh, I just wanted to see if uh, Stu wanted to talk anything about 90 Minute Fever, if you want to want to try and... Yeah, I, I feel I could yeah do a, do a quick one. I'm sure, sure that's going to appeal to some people. Sure, go for it. So, yeah, Earl and I have always been like obsessed with Football Manager games. Um, I think... Let me look at my Steam list quickly. Because I've got every football manager since 2010 up to 16, all in a nice sexy list. Um, let me see some of my hours. So, oh, not very much there. 148 hours, 68, 107, 76. So, I put in quite a lot of hours. Um, we're, we're big into football manager, football manager Live as well, which was the MMO version. Um, it was never that good, really. Mm. It didn't really have like a good league system. It all just felt kind of random. You're just kind of having your team and like spamming people for friendlies and stuff. Um, and then, oh, out of nowhere showed us um, a game called 90 Minute Fever. And I obviously immediately thought I'd like it. Um, we both got it. It's a subscription-based Football Manager MMO like Football Manager Live. Um, we immediately, it's early access on Steam still, but we immediately went in for a, a year subscription. Sure, which set you back, what was it? 30, 30? 36 euros, so not much really. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, price of a moderately, moderately that's, priced that's game. 30 indie games. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. But I mean, it, it's just an indie game in its own right. I mean, it's um, it's a first-time developer, really, yeah. British developer. Um, let me get their name because I had it up ready, but I forgot. Welcome to Go Play That Podcast, where we check all of the facts <laughs> live. <laughs> Rob can edit this around to make it seem snappy. Oh, yeah, definitely going to do that. Uh, Isochron. Isochron. I don't, I don't know if it's like for sure, but I mean, it, it looks so much like some of the earlier championship managers, like 97, 98, which was my favorite. Mm. I'd be surprised if they weren't big players of that or even involved in its creation. Um, is that, would you say that was like the heyday of the, of the manager games or so is that just me, personal? Not, I mean, for me, it's never got better, but it's why I like Civilization 1 more than any of the other civilizations. Mm. There was just something like, it, it was so simple, like in Championship Manager 97, 98, you know, you had just, in the match, there was no 3D graphics, there was nothing. It was just your team's color, the bar would change with like, okay, he's passed this ball, he's taken a shot, and then it would flash when you score. And like, as a, however old I was, like, 12 or whatever mm. it was just I don't know it was something so amazing about that and it was like for me it was kind of the heyday as well of, of how, when I was really following football you know always trying to buy like the same players like Chris Sutton Mark Bridges yeah always. 97 98 was was when I the only years I ever followed football <laughs> so again after that point it's just I think they've all got too bloated like I still love the football manager games right. but kind of I nothing's ever equaled that magic as Championship Manager 97, 98. They're just so adding more and more features over time and not really making yeah. any 
any reductions, refinements kind of thing? Well, so, I mean, you know, it's in its early access, like I said, so it's obviously a work in progress. Mm. So it's a bit kind of rough around some edges, but it's, it's definitely got that kind of old school vibe, which is really appealing to me. Um, it's got like, because it's an MMO, everyone's online at the same time. You can play in leagues, which is already much more structured than we had in Football Manager Live. Yeah. But you, you can play round, um, friendlies as well. But in the, there's kind of a global chat always going on. And so far since we've been playing, um, the, the developers have been in the chat. They've been really friendly, been talking to everyone, you know, addressing issues right away just by people say something. They'll say, okay, let's fix that. The server will get updated. It's fixed. That's cool. Um, they're playing matches with people. They're really kind of getting feedback from people. So it seems like a real, and the community as well is, is, is super friendly. Like I've not met any bad people. They're like, because there's like a there's a mechanic which I'm not a huge fan of, but I'm coming around to a bit more. As again, we we kind of in the chat we kind of took it to the to the developers and questioned them on a little bit. Basically, if you put in a bid for a, a player and then the other team rejects it, that player's wage will automatically go up because he's like, oh, I'm an important player and people want me. Give me more so money. Give yeah, yeah. more money. So we're like, you know, I, I think people control that. Yeah, because I could just hit you with requests yeah. and and then you'd reject and it would just keep bumping up and up and up. But is like, there, an ex- Sorry, is there a limit to player request though? Like if I ask for, you know, like in, in the real world, if a team asks for another team's player and they go, yeah, it's 50 million and they go, screw that noise. Um, is there a limit on this game or is it literally you could just spam requests? I mean, as far as I know, I may be wrong and if so, I apologize, but I do think you can just put in any request and if that's rejected or runs out in the 24 hour window you have to negotiate, that player's wage will just increase automatically. So I could say, like, yeah, I offer you a pound for your star striker. Yes. And if I reject that, his wage, everyone's wage at the start is like a thousand pounds a month. So his wage would then go up to two thousand or a week or whatever. Um, but again, they, you know, we're chatting, chatting about that in the chat, the, talking to the community managers, the developers, kind of saying, you know, why we don't think it's that good and stuff. They were explaining more about why it exists. But then the, when that was going on, the, the guy who actually put in a legitimate bid for one of my players, sent me a private message and was like, hey, you know, I, I can withdraw the, the offer if you want. So the community is, is really nice. Hmm. For now, but, I guess. But our kind of, yeah, but our kind of point then with that mechanic is like, if it's if people, because even the community manager was like, you know, oh, people can just withdraw the bid then. It's like, well, then it kind of renders it a bit pointless anyway. But I, I think they explained it a bit more and it seems like, you know, not such a big a deal, but it's just a nice example of the back and forth that they seem to be open to have yeah. in real time with the players. Um it's always it's, good to have a supportive community rather than somebody trying to just like, this is my vision, you will yeah. accept it. No, so I mean, so far, you know, it's early days. I mean, if you look at the, the Steam page, the, the images they use, I think uh, it, the game doesn't currently necessarily look like that. Um, so I still see the stuff they're adding in the future. But I mean, for an early access, like Football Manager MMO, it's, it's pretty much got all you all you want or need at the moment. I mean, you, so, guys, you guys are having a blast, right? Because like, uh, I think, was it even today? that Earl came in chat and he was like, or was it last, yesterday that Earl came in uh, our Slack chat was like, I just won three matches on the bounce in 90 minute fever. I'm in a good mood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> like just being good at that game or just having a good run in that game changes the entire demeanor for the day, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely satisfying when you win. Um, Do you feel so, you yeah. can control it? It's, and again, this to me, it's, it's a bit too basic at the moment with how you can influence it once you're in the match. Um, you don't have all the individual tactics like you do in Football Manager. Like you can basically do the basic things like your formation, obviously, um, and then set things like 
it's all sliders like attacking to high to low to medium you know creative freedom it's basically all the same categories you have in football manager but at least for now you don't have the ones where you can apply tactics to individual players i'm sure it will come like i'm so confident it will this stuff will all come it's just a matter of time um, but that's kind of an early access initial release i think it's, it's pretty pretty decent but you you obviously think there's enough there that you've grabbed a year's subscription from an early access title, which it, is fairly hardcore, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think oh, and I and my approach, you know, is like you know these these games are super rare. You want to show some support when they when they exist. Like Football Manager Live is the only other example of this game ever existing, and it yeah. seems like such a missed opportunity. So it's nice to see someone try and grab that opportunity. Cool. I mean, I play, obviously, I play the Fantasy League and stuff like that. Um, but I've never played like a manager game. So would you recommend it for somebody who was maybe just putting their toe into that kind of thing? I, I think so, because it's not super overwhelming because it's quite early and, you know, it doesn't have all the features yet. So it's kind of a nice indication indicator of what it will be without being too intimidating. You I know, guess you, it's you, not licensed, right? No, no. Well, I have noticed the youth players that come through and are retired footballers. So you get like a Tim Flowers, 15-year-old goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually okay. has a link to the Tim Flowers wiki, which is a bit interesting. <laughs> okay. But I mean, I, I reckon you, you can basically pay like put three quid down and have a month's go at it. And I bet your PC could handle it. Yes. Definitely. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm smelling a, an MMO March style, you know... <laughs> Football, football fever, February. Yeah, for the price <laughs> of a pint, you could have a have a go and see if you like that kind of game. You could have a go for a month, yeah, that, and that is more than fair. Mm. Yeah. All right, cool. I might check it out. Ninety minute fever. Yep. I think I will stay away, but I pre- I admire the game from afar. Yeah, no, like I said, can we very, ask, very niche. But, can mm. we ask for a mod that does all the commentary in the style of Alan Partridge? You could play Striker. it in the background, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Liquid football. <laughs> anyway, so, Rob. I've been playing Inside, which is the second game from Playdead, who did Limbo, which was a big hit on XBLA during the 360 days. And that game was all about playing through in one session, really. There was no... You you were... Uh, controlling a little boy in a 2D platformer with puzzles, but it was all about the atmosphere. It was all about what's not being said, piecing together what's happening, uh, some kind of horror elements to to it. There's like this giant spider that follows you through and uh, adding, like the community adding what they think is happening in the game, uh, despite it not being, you know, laid out by the game itself. And... Um, and Inside came out a few weeks ago on Xbox One as an exclusive. Uh, it doesn't. I don't think it's making its way to PS4, but I haven't haven't checked that. No fact check. It uh, will do. Limbo did. Limbo did eventually. So I imagine it will. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it's a console exclusive, like Times exclusive for now. Yeah. But it ended up coming out on PC the week after. So that's when that's when I picked it up, and uh, I, I couldn't put the time aside uh, over the weekend to, to play it in, in one go unfortunately so I ended up playing in two in two long sessions ended up being about three and a half hours long I think um, and yeah I wish I had played it in one go so if, if if you're listening and you like Limbo 
um, I would suggest trying to put aside an afternoon or an evening and, and play through it all in once because it is about this journey that this little boy takes. Um, I, I like similar to Tom's game uh, at the top, I don't really want to talk about uh, how it plays out because it is a very... I, I highly recommend the game, okay? It's it's currently sitting in my top 10 for the year as a gaming experience from this year that has stuck with me. And it looks incredible. So imagine Limbo, but the team has taken that away and really learned about animation and lighting and just, just notched it up to the nth degree here. Uh, it's, it's got kind of that Schindler's List look, right? From what I've seen from screenshots, it's yeah, like black, so white, red. Early on, it's all black and white, really, with some not really any other other color to it. It's it just plays with shadows and, and light really well. And um, the start, you're you, you just there's no menus, there's nothing. You just drop in, and there's a title card that says "Inside Play Dead Studios Inside," and uh, this little boy drops over this fence into this forest and you just start, you just pick it up and the game teaches you very well what the controls are. Uh, it start the, the game design is very good that it notches up the challenge naturally. So you'll try, it will start teaching you mechanics like you can, you can sort of uh, push stuff along the ground or get up over ledges. Uh, you don't want to get uh caught by dogs that are chasing you it makes that very clear with some pretty brutal death animations uh, but you end up picking up the rules of the game and, and then it builds on them later on uh, it's sort of taking uh, cues from Mario in that sense you know in Mario where there'd be like a new mechanic that it would teach you but it would teach you in, in a safe space where you wouldn't be able to you know die or uh, it wouldn't be too difficult but then later on that same mechanic would come back in a in a you know, time specific, you know, time sensitive scenario or something like that. And you'll have learned how to deal with that from your prior, from your prior experience. Um, it's a very well designed game. Um, it's, I think it was like 18 euros. So I would recommend it. You may balance up the, the time and the cost and say, no, thank you. They're similar to, similar to, um, I think the witness ended up, I think that was 30 and you look at that and go, what a puzzle game, 30 euros. No, thank you. Um, but it's highly recommended from me. Uh, Bob has access to my steam library and he put a few hours in, I think, or at least an hour. And he said he was really enjoying it. Um, and I really, really don't want to talk too much more about it. It's just really interesting. Okay. It plays out so really question. well. Yeah, go if for you, it. If you don't want to talk about the the story too much, yeah. Um, I didn't like Limbo. Okay. Mm. Me neither too much, but I am strangely interested in Inside. I don't Boom! Know Intercontinental high five. Mm. Um, no, the fact is Limbo was cool. I really liked what they did with it, sure. but it plays on all my sort of neuroses about video games, which is like missing ledges by like a half frame because you jumped to the nah, wrong there, time. There's none. There's none of that. Really? Yeah, I re- like I, I don't know. Maybe you suck. Uh, no, no, I do suck. But the, like, I have this. I I think I explained it at the last car when I was over in Madrid mm. that I have this like uh, an ultimate chicken horse sort of brought it out. For, <laughs> like, it was like a version therapy because it was like 
I used to have this recurring sort of like neuroses as a kid yeah. about platform games where it looks like you should make the jump, but you literally can't by like half a frame. Sure. No, really. The, um, the stuff, the, the, the puzzles is designed really well. Um, I, yeah, it's difficult to talk about it without re- revealing some of the cool stuff that ends up happening, but it plays with environmental physics, but not in a way that makes it random. Like it's all within your control. And okay. the, the satisfaction of working out a puzzle is is high and i never got into a position where i thought that i was making the right choice and then it turned out that it was not possible like in that sense um whereas in limbo like a lot of the platforming stuff was like i even looked at walkthroughs for certain parts of limbo right and it was like yeah literally walk until you're balancing on one foot on the edge of this block and then jump no there's nothing like that it's very elegant in in how it plays out and there'll be there'll be parts where you'll get killed several times trying to trying to figure out like you're getting chased and there's a few options that you have at your disposal uh one of them is to like run back towards them or escape and hide or I'm coming up with a scenario because I really don't want to spoil anything, but you'll, it's not necessarily trial and error, but it puts you into a time pressure scenario and you've got a few seconds to react and you could succeed in that first attempt. But when you get killed, it, you know, plays, it takes you back and the checkpoints are generous enough that you never feel cheated and you, like, I, I just enjoyed the experience going through, like, from, from start to finish didn't really get any frustration. There was one puzzle where I was stuck in this room for a while, but the solution was was clear and I was just being dumb. Um so I would I would recommend giving it a go. Um but yeah, you've got a, a, it is it looks great, so I'm wondering how it would play on your PC, like even though it is a kind of a small game. Uh it does benefit I'm, from playing My PC smoothly. runs Limbo, yeah, but I don't think mm, it would. Yeah, it's you know. like a limbo but on a piece of hardware like five years more more advanced so yeah ambitious than limbo yes. in terms of like graphics totally on and- oh, anim- my favorite part is the animation how smooth yeah. uh and how um how expressive the character this little boy's at, at like uh you, you get into a position where he's panicked and you'll see him sort of scramble and his limbs sort of flying around as he's sort of panicking to get back on his feet or you know hide or something like that it's really cool um yeah i think you'd probably have to play it on a console so maybe check we'll we'll look and see what that time exclusive is if it is going to come out on ps4 yeah yeah hopefully next year next year probably yeah and i can wait you know if it's if it's that good a game um yeah yeah just i i don't think people are going to be out to try and spoil it so just avoid discussion in fact i actually started playing it I knew I wanted to get it because I did enjoy Limbo, but I wasn't sure what it was going to be like. I wasn't sure. I didn't know how closely it would resemble Limbo in terms of it being a black and white platforming game with a little boy. Um, but it's it stands on its own two feet, and I I think it would be ruined if you if you found out stuff about how it played out and 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 what the story was yeah i'm not i'm not a big researcher into stories anyway yeah. uh i do have to say that the uh the co-founder of Playdead just literally left today oh really wow yeah he just sold all his shares to his partner and uh stepped away from the studio hmm i wonder so, if that was uh 
time to sort of take advantage of this if the game had succeeded or no i think i think maybe he feels his job is done i mean sure. limbo is very critically acclaimed mm-hmm. personally i didn't like it but i can see why people would yeah it was a very very well put together game just for me the kind of mechanics that it used were not fun mm. um you, and- you may you may have similar problems with this one um but I would recommend giving it a go. And no, I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. I mean, it's the same way. I took a long time to get into Limbo. Like, really, I was like two or three years behind the curve on Limbo. Right. And when I finally got it, I was like, I played I th- probably the majority of it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was just like, at the end of the day, I have limited time to play, and I really don't just want to be doing the same jump over and over. Yeah. No, I don't think that's going to happen here. Um, okay. Yeah. You have more options, essentially, I guess. Hmm? Do you have more options? Because in Limbo, it's essentially you do this, you fail, or you do this, you win. No, it's, there's, a one, there's a one way of doing stuff, but it's all, it's all pretty clever, and it doesn't feel frustrating. It didn't, it, at least it didn't feel frustrating. I don't think it's doing so much new, but it's just a, it's a pleasant, uh, interesting experience to go through. Uh, it's, it's fun to watch as well. Uh, it's a fun as a spectator sport as well. <laughs> Okay. Um, other than that, I've not been playing much this week, uh, but the Hitman stuff just dropped today. So uh, I'm going to be playing that this week. And then you you mentioned just before we started recording that Kentucky Route Zero Episode 4 was out? It is, yeah. So I'm still I'm <sighs> still on my hiatus because I wanted all five episodes to be out. No. I played the first two. This and one, then I yeah. decided that I'm going to wait for the whole thing because it, it affects me so deeply because huh. I, I, I have a real soft spot for this kind of Americana, mm. deep, south, like Southern Gothic style of thing. You know, you show me True Detective, you show me Defargo or whatever. It's like, I love all that stuff. Americana I, by Offspring. Not so much that one. <laughs> <laughs> But I want to, you know, I want it now. Yeah. I don't want to be doing an episode and then waiting. Like, it's, I think it's been like 18 months. Yeah, I was going to say 18 months. It's been a long time coming. In fact, the last, it was my 2014 uh, game, of the, game year. of the year. The the parts of the game that were out at the time. Um, Which was episodes one to three. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. not even all of them came out in that same year. It was a, it was a strange year for my for my list. Um I, I that that was not my on my radar. Like I have, I'm following them. Cardboard computer. I'm following them on Twitter. So they don't announce though. It literally yeah. just auto updates on Steam. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll have to check that at some point. Uh, but yeah, Hitman, dude, that twin was fun. And uh, the next one is Gary Busey. The la- next it's actually target. Gary Busey. Actually. It was either him or Gary Coleman. I guess no, it was Gary Cole. Yeah, Gary Coleman's dead. That'd be a bit mean. Well, that's what I thought. Who's Gary Cole? Gary Cole. He's like a less crazy Gary Boosie. <laughs> right. He's like, like, sort of what evolves into Gary Boosie. Yeah. With he's enough like, candies. I'm just googling him, but I remember him. Yeah, he's kind of. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of like a. Yeah. Okay, so basically, like for the next seven days, starting I think tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Tomorrow, as of this, as of publication of this podcast. Sorry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> I think it's Thursday. As of Wednesday, we have seven days to murder Gary Boosie. I. Yeah. I'm gonna have to do it this weekend. 
Um, TikTok, motherfucker. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. In in the vein of talking about stuff that will be outdated by the time the podcast comes out, I've got some breaking news here. All right. Anna is now available for all PC players <sighs> on Overwatch. Overwatch. Yeah. All right, everybody, go play Overwatch. We I, should finish the podcast there. <laughs> I tried the P, I tried the PTR, and uh, it was difficult to gauge how useful she was because every other motherfucker Everybody's was playing her. Yeah. So I might check her out yeah. later or tomorrow. I guess that will continue if, to be the case for a hopefully, while. Hopefully, and again, I'm going to shout out to my my new best bud. But uh, if Jonathan's listening to this, if there's a button that stops nerd rage <laughs> with Anna, that would be good. <laughs> Like if you can press R two and she stops somebody shouting into your headphones. <laughs> yeah, not not this one. <laughs> we are still not. I I don't know how. Sorry, just to finish the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Are you guys still having fun with competitive mode on Overwatch? I've not I've not played more than an hour's worth of Overwatch in the last two weeks, and I don't know what's going on. It's nothing against Overwatch; it's everything about life. All the other games. Yeah. Well, no, and yeah. Life. Yeah, just generally. No, we we just literally before the podcast we sat down for like uh, an hour and five minutes. We played four. <laughs> five minutes is really important. It was because that's what it took to finish the last match. Mm. But we played four uh, competitive matches and we had to quit two because it was literally we were we were put into teams that were so horrendously bad and we were matched up against. You know how it tries to balance teams. Mm. So it was like, oh, they had three teams of two. So they had their six players, all of whom were sort of in communication with at least one other. Right. And we had me and Jonathan. <laughs> and it was literally the nerd rage was so high. We we're just like, we're, we're walking away. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it still. It's a, it's a, the difficulty of any kind of competitiveness is you're going to have, when you're winning, it's going to be great. When you're losing, it's the worst thing ever. But when you're losing, when you're losing, I, I, I get it. I mean, I, I was I was on a really good run. I think I won like my la- over a few days, like eight matches in a row. And then I was playing on Sunday, and I lost every single match. And you're trying to do an you're trying to do an attack, and you've got a guy playing as Hanzo, and he's not helping the attack, and he's not even killing the bastions. And we're asking him politely, you know, please change. We're not shouting at him. We're not calling him a prick or an idiot for choosing Hanzo. We're just saying, hey. Maybe Hanzo's not the best choice for an attack when we're trying to push the payload. And he just sticks with Hanzo, and it's just, you know, that kind of stuff frustrates me. I, f- I think it will improve when they add the kind of um, restriction to, of one hero. Because I did also have another thing where Reap- Reaper's my best character. Um, you know, apparently I'm in the top 4% players for accuracy of Reaper, top 6% for kills of Bastion, anyway. Um, <laughs> Nice. And I, I was doing good. I was doing good with Reaper. Then another guy changes to Reaper, and someone's like, "Oh, two Reapers." And I'm like, "Okay, I'll change." And then I do shit, and we lose. <laughs> so, so in that case, if I if it was just you know the restriction of one character, then it wouldn't have been a problem. So, I yeah, think I think this could be another podcast discussion, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's just it, it is the least fun competitive mode I've ever played. Like I can honestly say that at the moment, I have more fun playing Call of Duty competitively mm. than. Overwatch. It's because Call of Duty is not a team-based game. No, it is every man for themselves, but yeah. people play Overwatch like Call of Duty. Yeah, I think I think that's my issue. Even on console, it's like uh, we we just played these four matches tonight, and it was just like you know the the opposing team who had a lesser score in total than us. The guy just put down a, a turret, like he took Torbjorn, he put down a turret in the middle of the ground, 
And literally nobody from our team was equipped to deal with a turret in the middle of a checkpoint. It wasn't hidden. It wasn't in a difficult-to-reach location. He just plopped it on the ground. And it was killing our entire team. You know? It's not fun. So instead of playing Overwatch, you should go play Dr. Langeskov, uh inside. Mm-hmm. Lateral damage if you, you have the sort of brain that would cope with that. Uh, 90 minute fever if you like footballs. And that's about it, right? Well, I mean, the good thing with all these games is you could play them in the time it takes to find a match in Overwatch. <laughs> Boom. Ooh, crushing blow. We're going to call it there then. <laughs> um, thanks, guys, for joining today. Uh, it was cool to catch up with, with what you've been playing. And uh, if you want to let us know what you've been playing at home, you can get us at the podcast at goplaythat.com email address uh, on Twitter at goplaythat. Uh, you can follow us over on Facebook where we're updating with interesting news from around the world uh, we will notify when we've got new content on the site, when we're doing streams and so on and so forth. And uh, we've got some ideas from, for some multiplayer streams coming up. The latest one that we did, which is available over on YouTube, is our archive from our Drawful 2 stream, uh, which was over the weekend on Sunday. Uh, Drawful 2, usually a local multiplayer game, but because of the game's room code features, they they let it, uh, it allows it to work over a stream and have have players join by watching the stream so that was pretty good fun uh with the five of us playing and uh i think we will definitely be doing more of that It'd be cool to get an audience together for that and follow us on instagram where tom doesn't share dick pics I promise i try not to <laughs> sometimes it happens sorry yeah sometimes let's let's slip all right thank you guys until next week Goodbye. Bye. Bye bye. Yeah.